0: We have weekly engaging conversations with today's most influential thought leaders and entrepreneurs as they discuss their successes, failures, tipping points, and other priceless information that you can apply immediately after listening. And welcome to the show, good to have you right here. It is Ambitious Radio, hosted by our friend Doug Parker, talking about entrepreneurship and leadership while interviewing interesting people and what makes them ambitious. Now, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. You know, most of the time, small business owners need to personally guarantee any loans that their companies take out. That can be kind of tough to do if you have credit issues. So if you have less than perfect credit, go to repairmycreditnow.com for a free credit report evaluation, repairmycreditnow.com. Doug, what do we have going on today?
1: Good morning. Today we're going to be talking to Steven Wessner. Stephen is the host of Onward Nation podcast. He's also the CEO of Predictive ROI, a digital marketing authority. He's a speaker, an educator, a best-selling author of two books, The Small Business Owner's Handbook to Search Engine Optimization and Increasing Online Sales through Viral Social Networking. And uh, he just really is an expert in so many different ways. He's been featured in Forbes magazine, Entrepreneur, Inc. magazine, and The Washington Post. Stephen, welcome to the show, sir. What did I leave out?
2: Well, th- that, was, that was pretty comprehensive. And, and Doug, thank you very much for the uh, very kind, uh, one, introduction, and two, the invitation. It is a delight and honor to be here with you.
1: Well, I appreciate you uh, returning the favor. You know, just uh, just a couple of days ago, I was uh, on on your podcast, and I appreciate the hospitality that you showed, and uh, what a what a great uh, great you know kind of list of things that you're doing right now. So, um, kind of as we jump in, tell us a little bit about uh, you personally. You know, kind of what you would want someone to know, not necessarily just the business, but about the man himself.
2: Well, let's see. Um, not to go like you know seem like I'm going real far back, but it's, it's relevant for the conversation maybe is that, you know, after, after high school, I, I, I did two things kind of at the same time. I wanted to go to college of course, and university, but, but also I served for four years in the air force and, and, and why that's relevant to what I do today, uh, aside from having a lot of pride from being, uh, in the service, but is, is that that's really where I kind of discovered my love and sort of affinity to systems and 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 I, and I troubleshot uh, power and uh, environmental systems on nuclear missile silos. and And so where tolerance, you know plus or minus a couple of degrees or volts really mattered. and And so being able to to troubleshoot, diagnose a problem, create a solution quickly, under pressure sometimes, um, you know, really kind of shaped. The type of business person that i am today because everything that we do today predictive roi and onward nation really is a compilation of of systems and that's really where i learned it from and so uh predictive roi you mentioned is a digital agency and it's the fifth company that i've owned i come from a long line of entrepreneurs my family immigrated here from greece my grandparents came here um, and and slugged it out had no money and, and took a lot of risks and and so i'm i'm one of 10 grandkids we've all been entrepreneurs and so this entrepreneurial thing is something that's really familiar to me cuz i grew up in it Um, And now, like I said, I'm on to my fifth business. And then Onward Nation is just phenomenal. You know, every single day I get to speak to incredible business owners, the top business owners, business owners, excuse me, in the country, you being one of them and have these really deep conversations about systems and about strategy and about mentorship. You know, the greatest lesson that they ever uh, received from one of their mentors and how that impacted them today. We talked about, we talk about failure. So all of that is just really, really wonderful. I'm a student of business. I love to learn. Uh, so this is really just kind of the perfect spot for me.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, thank you so much for your service. You know, you learn something new every day and I'm always appreciative of our, of our veterans that go out there and, uh, serve our country that makes it where entrepreneurs like you and I, um, can, can do what we do. So thank you for your service and, uh, and your attention to detail while you're working with the uh, nuclear, uh, substances. So th- <laughs> thanks for that.
2: You're you're very welcome. Uh, It was an it was an honor to do it. Thank you.
1: Very good, very good. So you know when it comes to being world class at things, I mean, we want to always you know deconstruct and how you put stuff together. And you talked a little bit about that, but your attention to detail and the fine details seems to be uh, kind of innately in your DNA. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I I tend to be more of a big picture, big vision guy, and and the details I don't love. It sounds like you kind of like the the small details in those things.
2: You know, and and it's interesting because sometimes I fluctuate back and forth and where like the, the little details, you know, just annoy me to no end. And then other times I find myself in the weeds and it's, and it's really, you know, kind of relaxing because it feels very comfortable. I I think, you know, Michael Gerber really hit it best when he wrote the E-Myth. I think, you know, one of the reasons why I struggle, but then one of the reasons why I've been, you know, moderately successful is because. I'm a technician. I, I I am that person that he describes in E Myth. I am a technician. I was a technician in the service. I've been a technician in the previous businesses. I'm a technician now, and and I and I think I just kind of have an affinity for it. Um, I wish I you know at times was this Walt Disney big picture person, and sometimes I do have that trait every now and then. But I think it's so important to pay attention to the details because as we've heard many many thought leaders and. Or uh, Personal development um, people say and gurus over time that even just small deviations extended over a period of time, you know, you can be miles away or hundreds of thousands of dollars away from your original goal. So here at Predictive, you know, we pay very, very close attention to the details because. I think Darren Hardy got it right in his best-selling book, The Compound Effect, is that, you know, if I want to lose 30 pounds, I need to do more than just eat one salad. But if I eat a salad for 30 days, I probably lose seven. So there's that compounding effect. And, and I think that's alive and well in all aspects of health and fitness and business, spirituality. No matter where it is, the compound effect is always working either for you or against you. And those are the details
1: yeah that that really makes a, a huge difference, and one of the things I, I often like to ask folks is you know what do you do to grow to improve and, and obviously you you, you read uh, so you've got a couple books here, but are there other things that you do to uh, to 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 grow and get better
2: yeah I mean reading and studying is is certainly one of those. I do a fair amount of journaling I go through several journals um, you know quite quickly because i I'm, I'm constantly writing. Um, And then, and and I know this might sound a little bit strange and then certainly attending seminars and workshops and, and I'm a part of a couple of, uh, uh, mastermind groups. I have two accountability partners. You know, we have a call every Wednesday, um, with, I have a call with Tom Dunkel, who is a guest on Onward Nation. I have a call on Friday mornings, uh, with Don Yeager, uh, who is, um, uh, was a two-time guest on Onward Nation and a very dear friend. Both of these guys are dear friends. So, it's mastermind groups, it's accountability calls, it's reading, studying, journaling, writing. But then also our podcast is probably um, you know one of the greatest resources for learning, with the exception of you know the mastermind groups and the calls, because here I get to you know talk to business owners who are crushing it in nearly every aspect. And we're able to ask these difficult questions and really dig deep and learn from that. So in in whatever shape or form that you do that and learn from others, because, you know, I'm doing it through a podcast, but you can do it in any different way. I mean, just go interview somebody, write a blog post. However, you're interviewing your peers and leaders and capturing that information and digesting it and then sharing it with your audience. You can do it through a variety of different systems, but just do it just like you're doing with your radio show. It's, fantastic in, in, in your podcast. It's just incredible. You have to take that opportunity because it's just endless possibilities for development.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up because part of what I do, and it's great to have the listenership and it's great to have people tuning in. But initially when I was making the investment and I was considering of my time and those types of things, uh, the, the real main thing was like if nobody ever listens to this, that's actually okay because I'm getting to visit with people like you, um, and and other thought leaders and entrepreneurs and just uh, folks that are that are that are getting it done um, that have experienced something in the past, both good and bad, and how can I learn from that? And the great news is is that we're able to share this information with others, and and they're able to take it and and apply it to to their lives as well. So. Um, I think it's a different format and i never in a million years would have thought of myself as a, as a radio person or <laughs> as a podcast person, um, as far as doing the show. Um, but I've found that now I'm listening to more trying to get better and, and it really makes a, a huge difference in, uh, part of my learning being able to, uh, to learn from others too. So that's, that's, that's really uh, really great stuff. Uh, so let's uh, switch gears a little bit. So let's talk about advice. What's some of the best advice you've ever received?
2: Just <laughs> it's interesting because now I feel myself, you know, pausing or running through a number of different pieces, just like sometimes our our guests do too. Um, for for, for me, this is really all all encompassing and and just kind of encapsulates everything. Um, and it's and it's not necessarily advice, but I I've kind of taken it that way, and that is fear and procrastination are the enemies of success. And the reason why I say that is because fear in, in all its shapes and, or sizes and forms and kind of how it manifests itself, whether we want to call it fear, whether we want to call it the imposter syndrome, whether we want to call it the inner critic, whether, whatever moniker you want to stick on it, fear and how you talk to yourself in the brutal nature in which we talk to ourselves between our own ears is really quite horrific. And so if we can get this fear piece solved – and in and, and actually speak to ourselves the way we'd want to speak to maybe another human being, if we want to observe the golden rule with ourselves, you know, I, I think that that would remove all obstacles, remove all limitations, because, you know, we are in we are the biggest constraint within our own businesses. It's not the market. It's not your products. It's not your services. It's not the pricing. It's not the competitors. It's not your customers. It's not the size of your list, your lack of platform, none of those things. It's you, me. I'm the biggest constraint within predictive ROI. So if I can speak to myself in the better way and if I can ignore the fear and move past the procrastination, then really I have unlimited potential.
1: That is strong, ambitious listeners. That is really, really great information, and um, I really, really appreciate you sharing that because it's 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 transparent. And uh, sometimes it's hard to look at yourself and, and say, "Hey, look, I am uh, the you know, the biggest constraint to my business." But figuring out a ways to a way to overcome that and get through that. So uh, today we're talking to Stephen Westner um, of Predictive ROI and the Onward Nation Podcast. And right after a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be. Uh, right back right here on the ambitious radio network
0: As we get back into the show, let's give a shout out to our great sponsors, all3reports.com. That's all, the number three reports with an s.com. You know, many people check their credit every three to five years when they're financing a home or maybe when they're purchasing a new vehicle, but if there is an issue, it could be too late to do anything about it. So go to all3reports.com to find out more. Speaking of a new vehicle, a wise person once said, lease what depreciates, buy what appreciates. So go to Autoflex Leasing. They offer a better way to lease your next car. America's largest independent leasing company is Autoflex Leasing. Doug?
1: All right, we're back and talking to Stephen Wessner of Predictive ROI and Onward Nation podcast, among many, many other things. And uh really just you want to talk a little bit about your professional adventures and you know what you're currently working on. I know that predictive ROI, you spoke about it a little bit, but um in, in doing a little bit of research, I saw that you've been collecting data points since the really the advent of the internet. Um and so with that being said, you've identified eight money draining mistakes and um, you know the the things that really you seriously drain money uh from uh from your from your marketing i, I should say um so so how do you teach folks to fix those leaks and, and what are the eight mistakes
2: Wow, okay, great questions um and you're right really, since the advent of the commercial internet, uh, tens of thousands of data points and being able to distill those and look to see how they affect companies either for the good or for the bad, and the eight money draining mistakes i mean these are the things that. Um, the cost companies, site traffic, leads, and sales. They 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 suck cash right out of the business every single day. It doesn't matter if it's a small company, very large company, it doesn't matter. And and so just like quickly running through, you know, what they are, and we can certainly talk about like how to maybe fix a few of them if, if there's time to to do that. And if you think your listeners, Doug, would would want to know. But but the first one is, you know, no baselines or what I like to call smart goals or specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time sensitive. And that just means that most companies, and I know this might sound kind of weird, um, but most companies, it's been my experience their owners or executive team, they aimlessly wander through the wilderness. And it doesn't mean, and I don't mean any disrespect with that, I just mean that their goals are not very specific, tied to very specific data points, tied to a very specific timeline, and tied to a very specific actionable set of steps and just because it's it's kind of fanciful, ah, well, we'd like to do this, um, and, and very hopeful as opposed to being specific. Number two and three really work uh, hand in hand. Number two is the lack of distinction because most companies are kind of enveloped in the sameness within their industry, so we have a very specific recipe and how to define that. Number three is high bounce rate. To say that really simply, it means that somebody comes to somebody's website or a content page within the website, and for whatever reason, they immediately hate it and they leave without making one single click. Most companies have a fifty to sixty percent bounce rate, Doug. Which means, to say that another way, let's say you go to a trade show and you set up this booth and you set up this great kind of exhibit and you're locked and ready for this onslaught of traffic, floor traffic that is going to come by your booth. And all of a sudden, a thousand people get right up to the rope before the exhibition hall opens. They drop the rope. Everybody comes in, and there, these thousand people are standing at you on the perimeter of your booth, and six hundred of them turn around and run in fear and they never come over to talk to you. That's a problem. (laughs) Doug, you would be chasing down those people to figure out what in the world is going on? I mean, what did I do wrong? but that happens to most people online every single day with a 60% bounce rate. It's just the silent killer. So we ought to fix that, it ought to be 30%. And then the four through eight are things like SEO not done right, not knowing your customer, creating a poor customer experience, not on purpose, but just accidentally, and there's some really easy things to fix. Talking too much like an institution, trying to sound bigger than what you are, when in reality people do business with people that they like, so let's kind of humanize things. And then lastly, having ambiguous calls to action hoping that our customers kind of figure it out on their own you know where to put their Mastercard or where to fill out the contact form so we just don't leave those things to chance And we can fix those things then you know leads or traffic goes up leads go up and conversions go up so that's essentially it in a nutshell
1: gotcha so so a practical way of and it's kind of funny that that we're having this conversation um you know i've, I've Uh, over the years had, you know, many websites and different things and, you know, done upgrades and we're in one of those stages right now where I think it makes sense to, to look at a couple of things, both from our ambitious radio website, as well as, um, you know, the, the, the other businesses that I'm involved in. And so, uh, you know, I'll get more details offline from you, but just from a practical standpoint, if somebody was, you know, they've started a business and, and I'll give you an example of the ambitious radio site. So, um, you know, I put it together and, you know, I kind of did the, the, the go daddy deal. and just kind of doing it on my own and, and putting that together. And then it gets some momentum going. Well, now I've got this not a monster, but it's I mean, it's going pretty, pretty big now. And I'm still having to do some of those things. Well, I am not uh, a predictive ROI, um, you know, just genius, you know, figuring those things out. That's not what I do on a day to day basis. So if if someone wanted to come to you, what does that process look like? Do they come to you? You guys do an analysis or something? And then you go from there. How, How does that work?
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. So the, the process that we call it, or the name of our process is <clears throat> we call it the plan Do review. Now, um, it, it's not right for everybody. Um, generally, our uh, where it is the right fit for us and that customers is is when they're doing sales of about a million to $30 million a year. And, and the reason being is because then they're gonna be on the startup phase, they're gonna have good baselines, they're gonna have data that we can take a look at. And it may not be, it may just be a big pile of stuff, it may not be properly formatted, but they're gonna have some stuff, right? We're gonna be able to look at conversion rates and baselines and so forth. So we take all of that data and we're able to analyze it and put it into a process called the plan to review, where they can not only see how much money they're losing because of the money draining mistakes, but then maybe even more importantly, how much money is on the upside with the eight money making opportunities. So they can see that if I just fix these things, then this is what, you know, is going to happen as a result. And that tends to be really powerful conversation. Gotcha.
1: So, so let me ask you this in, in all the years of your business, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, you're very calculated. I can tell you're organized, but still there are fears. There are, there are calculations that can be made that are wrong. And, um, so have you had any fears throughout the years with, with your entrepreneurial experience? And if so, what were they and and how did you process through them and, and overcome them?
2: Oh, gosh, I I I wish I could confidently tell you that I'm immune from fear, even though we just chatted about it, fear and procrastination. Um, I, I I, am just as susceptible to it, just like anybody else. Everybody on Earth faces it. So, you know, sure, we like to get really precise with our calculations Have we made mistakes. Heck, yes. Um, have we paid for those mistakes? (laughs) Heck yes. Um, will we make mistakes in the future? Heck yes. Um, and so I think though, that, that what we have is, is a level of rigor. We move at a pace and a tempo that is not common. Um, but there are lots of long nights and long weekends where we're sweating over data and making sure that we get everything right. Um, but sure we, we, we make mistakes too, just, just like anybody else. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: And, um, if you could go back at any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, um, what would it be, and at what point in your life would you have done that?
2: Boy, great question. Um, I think I would – in fact, because I was just doing an interview last night uh, with John Dwyer from uh, – we dialed in, and he was in Australia, and we had this great conversation last night, and um, and he shared the uh, Winston Churchill's quote – and you know you talked about never ever 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 give up and and i just love that and and i think that that is so common today is that people are are so transfixed on immediate gratification uh have to have it now i think that you know cell phones social media you know the speed at which you know we get these advertising messages i think it has compressed our attention span In fact, I was talking with Linda Thaler, uh, who's uh, a fantastic, phenomenal advertising executive. She created the Aflac duck. (laughs) I mean, just phenomenal background. And she said to me, she goes, you know what the attention span of humans is today? It's eight seconds, which means our attention span is less than a goldfish. And, And so I think that what I would tell myself way back when is be patient, be kind, be persistent, and never, ever, ever, ever give up because it takes time to build something amazing most people don't know that apple sucked for the first 25 years of its existence most people don't know that for the first 20 years of his business starbucks was awful and then you know just about eight nine years ago they had to close almost 400 stores most people don't know that nike went through the same thing success takes time so just be patient
1: You know that's 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 great information to to kind of throw out there because a lot of times, as you mentioned, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, you get out there and and you have some wins, you have some losses, and it's really those rainy days that that make you appreciate um, you know the sunshine. And and, but but the reality is, if we lived in a uh, you know sunshine every single day, we'd live in a desert. So um, it's it's very you know good to know because Apple nowadays. I mean, I'm looking at my iPad right now with my timer ticking down. I've got my iPhone over here to my left. And this is some of the neatest stuff ever. I remember watching; I think it was a Super Bowl commercial or something. And I saw this—the uh, first iPhone—and it's you know it's got this little thing where you slide your fingers across it, and it's like, oh, you can check email on it. And I was thinking, that's the dumbest thing ever, man. I got I've got a computer that I can check my email on, and now I check my email like a thousand times a day, <laughs> you know, from my phone. So it's crazy uh, just how those things, uh, you know, how how they really really work. And um, you know, it's great stuff for our ambitious listeners. Um, if you like what you're hearing and you want to be notified of new shows, subscribe by texting the word ambitious to six nine nine two two. Standard messaging rates apply. See website for full details. Next we're we'll gonna be talking more to Steven about what he's planning next, right here on the Ambitious Radio Network.
3: Here's another RepairMyCreditNow.com story.
0: Home ownership. It's the American dream. It's a goal you've always hoped to achieve. You've spent countless weekends looking for the perfect house on the ideal block. The rates are low, and you've saved enough for the down payment. Unfortunately, now the mortgage company says there's a little hitch. Okay, let's be honest. It's a gigantic, gargantuan hitch. It's your credit. And it looks like your estimated house payment will be (laughs) a lot more.
1: RepairMyCreditNow.com.
3: RepairMyCreditNow.com. www.repairmycreditnow.com.
0: back in here on the show it's ambitious radio network hey are you thinking of expanding your business but don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a new phone system consider grasshopper.com you get to keep your existing number you have multiple extensions voicemails transcribed and no new hardware grasshopper.com is the entrepreneur's phone system let's get back to the show with doug parker
1: Welcome back to the Ambitious Radio Network. We're stalking talking. We're not stalking. We're talking today to Stephen Wessner on Ambitious Radio and we want to talk a little bit about the things that that he's kind of working on next and you know you've done so many things. Uh let's talk a little bit what what drives you to do all this uh all this activity.
2: You know there, there again great question. Um because I, 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 have a, I have a purpose and, you know, mission of the things that I want to accomplish. Um, I have big financial goals because of, you know, I subscribe to Andrew Carnegie's uh, philosophy of you spend the first half of your life amassing a fortune so you can spend the second half of your life giving it all away. And there are so many things that I want to do with respect to education, with respect to ministry, with respect to, um, you know, community and economic development. Um, and all of that ties into some, you know, really, really big goals. And so, you know, we're on uh, pace to to grow predictive again this year. That ties in with the success that Onward Nation has had. Um, and so, we're we're really looking forward to this path that we're on because, boy, there's just so many exciting opportunities ahead.
1: Okay, well, that and that makes a lot of sense because if you don't, you know, know why you're Working so hard. I mean, you know, you and I were. I think you maybe sent me an email last night at, in the middle of the night at some point, and then I'm responding back at five o'clock in the morning. And you know, if, if you're not doing those types of things, um, you know, it's or if you are doing those types of things, you gotta you gotta know why you're doing it. And, and it sounds like you've got a very uh, purposeful reasoning for doing those things. So you're a successful author, um, you know, and then you've got the podcast. Now, do you foresee that being an ongoing perpetual daily show or what, you know, is there, what does that look like? Do you think three, four five years from now?
2: Uh, great question. I, I think if I were to look, as you mentioned, three to five years from now, I think it would be still a daily show that I, that I hope I'll have the, the honor, uh, and privilege of, of hosting. And, and, you know, it's already, um, turned into one, uh, book deal. So I, I'm in the process of writing uh, my third book called podcasting for profit. And, and then what's so amazing about all of these great business owners we have a chance to talk to, and we ask the same questions, and I know it might sound redundant to maybe some people, but we ask the same questions of each of our guests with the exception of Encores where they're coming back, we have a different question set. And the reason why we're doing that is because we're, we're creating a compendium of research on the what makes top business owners in this country how they think, act, and achieve. And we're collecting all of this data That we will then distill into a series of books and a variety of other helpful educational tools but you know in in by doing it every day which june 15th will be our one year anniversary that's 260 episodes a year in three and a half years we'll hit a thousand just look at the the volume of research that we will have and how valuable that will be very similarly to how napoleon hill interviewed, you know, 500 people in the first kind of iteration of laws of success, which then became think and grow rich. We're creating a very similar compendium, but we're doing it today versus 1937.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. word of the day, guys, compendium. Okay. Now that's a word that I haven't heard a whole lot. So, uh, so we'll put that on the show notes and, uh, so you can go back and reflect on that as always at ambitious radio, you can pull up Steven Wessner and, um, and see his uh, his show notes with all the books that he's he's talked about and all those kinds of things. But um, that's good stuff. I always like hearing uh, new new things. Now, um, you talk about this book. Um, so there's a book deal. When are you thinking that will uh, will be launched? Are you that far down the track yet?
2: Yeah, we are. It'll likely be out in, um, you know, we're negotiating with some publishers right now. And, and so we're just finalizing that at at the moment. But anyway, um, about a third of the book is, is written. We'll finish, you know, the rest of this year in, in writing that and collecting the remaining uh, research for it. And so what, you know, my agent has said is that the timeline is probably spring of uh, 2017. So we're, you know, what is that about 10 months? Away from from it actually being published and, or excuse me, being released, uh, gotcha. you know, available for sale.
1: You know, it's funny. It, it seems like that uh, might be a little ways away, but um, it's funny. My daughter just finished up a couple of days ago her first year of college and she's like, Dad, it flew by. And I'm like, Yeah, wait till about 20 more years from now and see how fast, you know, 10, 12 months will go by. It is crazy. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why you have to be so purposeful and so, um, scheduled about the things that you do because you will blink and time will fly by. And I do want to kind of hit back, uh, one thing just from, a uh, from, uh, the, the last, uh, segment, cause you had talked about journaling a little bit and, and you say you go through those a lot in your writing. So the books that you're, you're doing and those types of things, are you, are you journaling and then taking content from there for your books? Or is this just, is this just journaling? Like, here's what I did today.
2: It's really more of the latter. Uh, Occasionally, I'll I'll have a thought, you know, I'm on a plane or, you know, walking through an airport. I'm like, oh, that'd be a great idea for the book. And then I'll, you know, throw that in the journal. Uh, and, And it's old school. I mean, it's pen to paper, right? It's not... I've tried Evernote and, and I know that that works for people um, and, and, and no offense if, if that's a good tool for, for your listeners or anybody listening. But for me, it needs to be a journal um, with pen to paper. That's what works best for me. But normally it's about re- like reflections of the day, sometimes task lists. But it's really just kind of capturing what I call daily inspirations. Uh, you know, in the mornings when I'm doing my affirmations, my prayer and so forth, I'm thinking about daily inspirations that come to me and I write those down because I don't want them to be lost. So really it's more like that. And then and then occasionally a few times a year, um, I will actually sit down and I'll go through my journals from the last, you know, several years and I'll reread them. And, and, and sometimes I will have forgotten what I put in there for daily inspiration. I'm like, oh, dang, that was a great idea. I need to actually do that. Um, so anyway, that's just a good exercise for me. It's very calming.
1: Good. Well, and that's what I was, and I was, one of my next questions was going to be, you know, do you go back and, and review it later? Um, so, so you already answered that. Um, in the last episode we, we interviewed Gino Wickman and, um, he also, writes um, stuff out now his has to do with his schedule uh, he uses it for scheduling purposes but um, he said there's something about you know just um, writing something down pen to paper now uh, you had mentioned that the Evernote is not kind of your, your way to go you prefer to write as well have, have you been able to reconcile why it is that you prefer to write stuff or is it just that just kind of seems like what works for you
2: i I think it is you know kind of just what works for me and and then and then I've spent And and I know that there will be plenty of people that say no. It just it works for me to be able to type it because then I can search and I can do whatever. And I'm not trying to argue against that. I think everybody has their own kind of particular um, you know, recipe and, 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 what makes them kind of feel the most comfortable. The key is don't focus on the platform, whether it's paper or whether it's Evernote, just, just be doing it because the exercise is really good. I'm a firm believer of kind of the, the mind to hand to paper connection in writing out notes in order for that to kind of like, I don't know, create some neuro pathways and, and, and it's helpful to me. And I just kind of like the exercise, but I know that that's not right for everybody, but it works for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I enjoy writing, um, but I've kind of gotten to the digital side of things. It just, for me, for whatever reason, um, I can type faster than I can write. And, uh, so that, that's kind of how I do it. Now, um, one, one other thing that I found that was very interesting that, that you have is, a, a patent pending process. And so, um, you can talk a little bit about the, the, the process that, I mean, what you've actually patented, but I'd like to know, um, just for our listeners, what did the process of actually applying for a patent and why did you do it? And, you know, long term, what does it do for you? Because we hear a lot of times on these, you know, TV shows or whatever patent pending or you watch Shark Tank and mm-hmm. you have a, pa- a patent and it's, oh, well, it's a utility patent or whatever. But can you talk a little bit about that process and, and going through that and why you did it?
2: Sure. And, and so um, completely in layman's terms, obviously, I'm not uh, an attorney or counsel or anything like that. So sounds bad. You have to kind of give that stipulation, but I don't want anybody to confuse what I'm about to say is as, as being like legal advice or, or anything like that. This is what the process was for me. And, and I know this may sound really, really silly, um, but one, one, one night I wasn't able to sleep and I went downstairs and, and I turned on the TV and, and there was this commercial for, for LegalZoom. And and I'm just kind of flipping channels, which I rarely ever do. And and it was literally like the kind of the spokesperson or host or whatever was talking to me. He said, "Have you been or have you ever wanted to file a patent?" And I'm like, "Yes!" And it, <laughs> I, and so I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm like having the conversation with with a commercial. It was really weird. And um, and he goes, "Well, do you have 15 minutes?" And I'm like, "Yes." Do you have $300? Yes. And he's like, if you have 15 minutes, $300 in a laptop, you know, like go get it. And I'm like, wow. And so I literally ran in my office, got my laptop, sat back down on the couch. He's like, in as little as 15 minutes or $300, you can file for a provisional patent. And I'm like, no way. And so anyway, I thought about, you know, what makes this unique and different and so forth. And in, in this predictive ROI method, I carved that out and created the process. And sure enough, you know the process was not challenging it was not difficult it was pretty fast 10 days later i had a provisional patent from the united states patent and trademark office completely legit 100 percent. you know legit it's it's not like it's some sort of snake oil thing it's an absolute patent pending on this process i'm like wow and then so for your listeners from a purely marketing perspective in really creating distinction i don't know why everybody doesn't do that on something you know a process that's unique and different if you don't have one, create one because it creates great distinctiveness within your business and really helps you stand out.
1: You know, that that makes a huge difference. And I was going to ask you that. and I didn't want it to come across kind of in a weird way um, of, you know, is it is it a marketing type deal or or what, you know, what is it? And obviously you have the patent on it. Now, do you feel like that that's something that would be marketable in other ways later or is it? primarily that you have this patented process for for marketing purposes.
2: Yeah, it it is, you know, total transparency. It is, it has created a marketing distinction for us. Now, does that mean that the process is not unique and different and it's really cool? No, it doesn't because the process is unique, different, and very cool. We do something on the search engine optimization side that I don't think any other company does. And it is really awesome how we take the data, stitch it together, be able to predict revenue off of keywords. It is really, really cool. Now, adding the provisional patent on top of that. Adds a create or creates a set of distinction for your prospective customers so that you can stand out in the crowd and then have the opportunity to show them how you actually are getting result outcomes that nobody else is. So is it marketing impact? Yes. Is it completely legitimate because there's absolutely a distinctive process? Absolutely. So Don't be creating provisional patents on something that truly isn't legit and distinctive and add value to customers. That's not what we're doing. If you have something unique and different and legit and you want to create a way to get it to stand out from the crowd and really add another level of value, go through the provisional patent process. Hopefully that makes sense.
1: That makes a lot of sense, and I am i am I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Um, ambitious times here. Uh, after we hear a brief word from our sponsors, we'll be discussing more with Stephen of what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit right here on the Ambitious Radio Network.
3: Were you recently notified by a major retailer that there was a data breach and that your personal information had been compromised? When was the last time that you viewed all of your credit reports? Was it when you refinanced your home or maybe when you purchased a new car a couple of years ago? If so, go to roadtoblack.com. Come to make sure that you have not been a victim of identity theft. You might have also recently heard that more than 21 million government employees and contractors' personal data was breached, including their social security numbers. RoadToBlack.com offers credit monitoring with alerts, score tracking, and a score simulator. Could you be at risk? Only if you have a social security number. RoadToBlack.com offers a one-stop solution with the credit information you need to stay informed. You can review your past credit history, check your current credit scores, and even use a credit simulator tool to get insight into what your credit could look like tomorrow. Just go to roadtoblack.com to see what's on your credit today. That's road the number two black dot com. RoadtoBlack.com
0: And we're back in here on the show. It's Ambitious Radio Network, recharging the ambitious mind, body, and spirit made possible by RepairMyCreditNow.com. You know, having bad credit can be really draining. It's okay to not be okay as long as you're on the road to being okay. Let RepairMyCreditNow.com help get you back on track. You know, many of our ambitious listeners prefer to listen to books as opposed to reading them. Now, with that, we've teamed up with Audible.com to offer you one free audiobook. Just go to AmbitiousRadio.com, click on the Audible banner on the page to find out more. Back to the show now with Doug Parker.
1: Today we're talking to Stephen Wessner, successful entrepreneur, digital marketing authority, author, patented uh, process guy. I mean, this, this gentleman really does it all. And we're going to talk just a, a little bit about what he does to recharge his ambitious body, mind, and spirit. So um, let, let's just dive right in. I mean, let's talk about the things that kind of drain you real quickly and then – What do you do to kind of to refill and recharge?
2: I think the the things that drain me are probably not unique and different um, to to what drains other people. It's, you know, the pace and the tempo. Uh, As an entrepreneur, I put in long schedule or excuse me, long hours. (laughs) I I heard somebody say this, one of our guests the other day, say entrepreneurs are the only people who are willing to work 80 hours in order to avoid working 40. And, and I thought that was so funny, and, and but very accurate. And so, you know, after a long day or a long week, I really enjoy having, you know, family time. I enjoy being able to just relax, be able to read, be able to study, be able to meditate and pray, be able to go to church, um, be able to also then study, you know, not just what business leaders have done. Um, you know, to be able to kind of sharpen the saw and stay sharp and stay active and, and keeping the right perspective. But then I also study, you know, like in the New Testament, when I read stories about Paul and Peter and some of the other saints who are, you know, taking the ministry abroad and the risks that they had and the risks that they took and, you know, the downfalls and the failures and the punishments and all of that. Well, you know, if they could get back up again, and they could do what they were doing. If my family can immigrate from Greece and Turkey and away from ethnic cleansing and come to this country and have no money and then hack it out of the wilderness and, and build some really um, this great family. Of course, I'm biased because they're my family, but in culture and just this legacy, the one in the world is my excuse. Why can I not do that? Why can I not push a little harder? So. Part of the rejuvenation for me is just having the right perspective, right, that that it's really easy to fall into the trap of self-pity, and we need to get over that and realize that life is pretty good, and now we just need to keep pushing forward, never giving up.
1: Sure. No, that's that's great stuff. You know, it's funny. You you had a couple of Bible references in there, and, you know, anytime I feel like, uh, you know, poor me, whatever the case is. And, and I'm not so much like that, that, but every once in a while you just like, what in the world is going on? But if you go back in and read some Job or something like that, and you look at the stuff that happened <laughs> there. It's like, man, I'm good. I, I I have no problems. I'm fine. I'm fine. So you, you mentioned meditation also. And I, you know, I hear a lot. Um, and when I'm listening to a lot of these other uh, podcasts and such, uh, I hear about meditation. Now, as an entrepreneur and you talk about the 80 hours and the schedule and all that kind of stuff, you know, we're, we're pretty intense, right? So, so I have not in the past been very good about that at all. However, I heard about this app called Headspace and I've kind of tuned into it a little bit and it's actually pretty interesting. I'm not necessarily sold on it uh, yet, but I've done three or four of the daily things. Um, but what, what specifically do you do to meditate?
2: Yeah. I I don't, I don't use any tech. Um, and not that I think that that's bad or anything like that at all. Um, it's just, you know, for, for me, it is really just about trying to have a quiet space by myself where I can just be quiet and think about if I am thinking about anything, I'm thinking about my most vital priorities and I'm just focused on those and praying at the same time, so I'm combining prayer and meditation. For me, they're one and the same, uh, and I know that. I know that lots of people would go bananas over that because meditation is something completely different than prayer for them. And for me, it's it's just having that quiet spiritual time when me and God can have a fireside chat, and 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 for me, that's really really powerful because then that opens me up to hear the whispers of the spirit. Uh, And then be able to say, okay, I should pay attention to that. And so, you know, that for me, that is very powerful. But I, I know it's not for everybody. But for me, it's very powerful.
1: Well, you know, and, and here's the deal. When we listen to these podcasts or read books or whatever the case is, you know, guys, everybody has different things that work for them. And so all we're trying to do is figure out in this particular situation what's working for Steven. And if you can adopt or adapt a few of the things that he does, um, then, then hey, it, it's, it's a win. And then every once in a while you'll hear – uh, the same books recommended by ten different guests. Well, that's probably a book that we would want to read, right? So, um, it's you know to, to each their own, and um, but but I think that's great great info. Now, let's just talk about whenever you want to go chill out, you know, hang out, go on vacation. Do you have a favorite place you like to go to to uh, to go on vacation?
2: That is easy, uh, hands down, uh, Disney World. And, 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 you know, my favorite park is magic kingdom uh, they're in Orlando. Um, we tend to go about <laughs> every year. People tease me, my daughter's nine, she's been there eight times. Uh, and, and when we go, we tend to go all in for either a week or two. Um, and and in the reason being is because, and I know lots of people are like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, just a bat crazy. It's super busy and, and so forth. So I love it because it's fun and I'm able to experience that with my daughter and my wife and, you know, she's a kid and so I'm able to experience it as a kid kind of vicariously through her eyes. But two, um, it's great marketing candy. I mean, to be able to be in sort of the the hub of all of this great marketing excellence and how they sell, you know, memories and, and how they – treat customers in the culture and the logistics and how everything runs on time. It is an amazing marketing case study, 365 days a year. So that without a doubt, hands down is my favorite place on earth.
1: So when you go there, um, are you obviously you're on vacation, you're enjoying the time with your, with your daughter. Um, and I never have really thought about it like this before, but there, there's a book called creating magic, I believe is the name of it. Um, and and it talks about the Disney experience and the marketing and and the things that they do there. Um, but are you consciously being aware of the things that are going on there so that you, you know, that, that that here are some things I can bring back and apply. Are you really unplugging and on vacation and you just happen to notice that everything's on time and it's just a great experience because there's not problems.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of both of those, but in true transparency to your listeners and to you, I, I'm I'm not really one of those guys that unplugs. Uh, I mean, this is what I do. This is what I love. Like one of my hobbies, and I know it might sound nerdy, but one of my hobbies is business. Like I love learning. I love studying. I love critiquing. I love dissecting and understanding. That for me is a hobby. To create anxiety would be for me to like, sit by a pool and just like vegetate that that just isn't me or sit on a beach and vegetate that, that just isn't me. I mean, I enjoy doing that for a period of time, but then I want to get on to learning something. Um, and, And so being able to go to someplace like Disney is a great combination for me because we can go ride rides while I'm standing in line. I can check out how cast members are greeting guests. I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's how they do that. And so I know that may sound nerdy, but for me that's a really wonderful blend of like relaxation time and learning something um i i i think that's perfection for me that is not stressful for me i love that
1: so so let's talk about that work life balance real quick as we kind of get uh, near the end of the show and wrapping up so you found a way to to intertwine those things and i think a lot of entrepreneurs do however how about your family? how are they that does it ever interfere with that? Or are you just kind of mentally going through those things and um and then you can you know time out you know you mentioned church and some other things so are you able to unplug for instance on sundays and and not be doing the business stuff or or is it
2: all intertwined still um sure I mean f- to a large degree it is intertwined you know my do- or my daughter and I we have daddy daughter day. Uh, my wife and I occasionally will have you know date nights and and so forth um, We're also we also happen to be a virtual team uh, predictive roi so we're spread out across the country so my home base is actually my home um, and so you know I work from home and, and our team full-time employees are spread around the country and and so I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule right so all of us we can do whatever it is that we want to do whenever it is that we want to do it um, and so that creates a lot of balance Now, of course, there's trade-offs. I mean, let's not be naive about that. There are trade-offs. But I can tend to adjust my schedule however I need to around family priorities. And family always comes first. um, But I'm always kind of working because I enjoy doing that.
1: Sure. Well, that concludes the show. It's hard to believe. But before we wrap everything up, if our listeners wanted to engage with you and, and get in touch with you, how would be the best way for them to do that?
2: Well, so um, my e- my direct email address is Steven S T E P H E N at predictive ROI. You can find us at predictive dot com. And then our uh, great podcast is at onwardnation.com. But any of those three uh, will 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 lead somebody right to me and I'm happy to answer any questions or concerns that, that somebody might have.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And guys remember tune in Wednesdays to ambitious radio where we interview thought leaders and exciting entrepreneurs, changing the faces of their organizations. Remember you can make money or you can make excuses, but you cannot make both. So go out there and be ambitious.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Radio Network, hosted by serial entrepreneur, Doug Parker. Join us weekly as we have engaging conversations with ambitious entrepreneurs and thought leaders on topics that can be applied immediately after listening. Like what you've heard? Listen to other interviews at ambitiousradio.com or subscribe on iTunes.